Welcome to the Homegirls. Four top producing mega realtors, moms, wives, and friends talking about real estate and real life. Angela, Kristen, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all real estate agents and would be honored to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Join us as we drop a new episode every Monday anywhere podcasts are aired, in real life on YouTube, and connect with us every day on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HomegirlsCO. Thanks for listening. We love you. Hi, everybody. We're the Homegirls, and we are so excited. We are here today with the one and only Tristan. I'm going to butcher your last name, Ahumada. That's that's really good. I love <laughs> Is that, that. Right? Wow. Okay. I feel like I, yay. But <laughs> so we have, um, we, Nick Baldwin was one of our very first guests on our show and we have been trying to get Tristan up in here for so long it's not even funny so we're so excited he is the CEO (laughs) of Lab Code Agents which I'm sure everyone listening knows and loves and he's also the founder of Tristan and Associates and he is in Malibu California so Tristan tell us about your story and your entry into real estate, how long you've been doing it, how you got into it. How did this happen for you? I love this story. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. So thanks. And I started in real estate in 2003, 2004, right out of college. And I was graduating with a history degree and I was already married, living at home in a bedroom in my mom's house with my wife. And I was like, what, what should I do with a history degree? So <laughs> I had choices though. I, had, I didn't wanna be a teacher, I didn't, even though I love teachers. Uh, I chose to go into law school and do real estate at the same time. And I was like, well, let's see which one hits. And real estate hit like super fast. I went out door knocking as soon as I got my license. I did everything I was supposed to at the time, right? Different world, cold calling and doing all that good stuff. And it all worked and I started getting a ton of money. I remember my very first deal that closed. It was three deals that closed on the same day. And it was one from door knocking, one from an open house and one from a referral from my mom because she gave me a lot of clients to start off with. Nice. And, and I was like, I'm rich. I am rich. This is amazing. Three closings in a day. I can get used to this. And my wife was like, we're rich, right? Same thing. <laughs> and so I paid off my student loans with that really quick. And, and then we just kept going. I was like, this is amazing. And then the market tanked, right? Oh, seven, oh, eight, like three years later. And I had saved all the money that we had made. Well, we had saved it. Actually, my wife saved it, right? It wasn't really me. Uh, and we used those, those funds to get through those times that were getting tough. And, and I had to adjust. And part of the adjustment was going all in with online leads. It started with Craigslist. And then I shifted over to Google PPC, you know, pay-per-click. And then I picked up some Zillow. And then I picked up realtor.com, those Cobro connection, the zip code leads. Hey, you want to buy this zip code? I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. So I went all in on that. And this was the call. I get a call from realtor.com. 
And they're like, hey, because uh, my last name is Almada, right? A-H. So I'm first on their list in the area. They're like, hey, we've got this great product and it's a zip code product. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like Craigslist, right? And I'm like, oh, I'll take the whole county. So I took the whole county and this is a new product. So it wasn't that expensive at the time. And I started getting hundreds and hundreds of leads a month. And I was like, what is this? I couldn't keep up. So I had to change my models quickly. And I was either going to do that or waste all my money. And so I shifted quickly. All of these leads started working because at the time, realtor.com didn't know what they had. They're like, this is, this was amazing. And so we started closing a lot of transactions from this and realtors.com, realtor.com said, what, what the hell is this? What are you doing? Because you're doing amazing from what we're seeing. Can we bring you into the office so you can shoot a quick video and let us know how you're doing this, right? What are you saying? What tech you're using? I was like, sure, I'll, I'll go. Um, and it's like, okay, come into our office. Here's our address. And then I look at the address and they're literally in the same building I'm in. It's next door. And I was like, wait a second, you guys are move.com, not realtor.com? I'm like, yeah. So I open my door, go next door, open it up. And they have the whole setup ready to go. I shoot a video and then they sent it to their executives. Their executives are like, this is pretty awesome. We don't even know half the companies he's talking about. Can we fly him up to San Francisco to speak at NAR in front of 20,000 people? Because we've got a spot that we paid for. I'm like, uh, sure, but fly my family too. And they're like, done. And that was the beginning of that whole shift into what you see now, right? The split with real estate and then helping the, the real estate industry in a different way. I love that. So I don't think that we asked Nick this question um, because Nick is amazing and wonderful. And he came on and gave us this really authentic conversation about the heaviness that happens in real estate and how emotionally hard it can be sometimes. So yeah. we didn't talk that much about lab coats, actually. Um, so if for anyone, like I would find it shocking that anyone that's listening doesn't know what lab coat agents is, but yeah. if you don't, we will link the Facebook group in our show notes for you. Um, it is the biggest and the best online community for realtors to connect, get education, help. I've been in that group forever. I think Nick looked it up. I think I was like, I was in that group like the first month that you guys started it. But so how did you meet Nick? And then where did this idea for lab coats from all right great question great question so i was i was flying to san francisco to nar first time i'm like this is pretty cool right somebody's paying for us to fly and speak i have my wife my two kids and i'm like hey this is this is kind of cool i don't know where this is going but um i, I seem to have something because nobody's touching on online lead conversion the technology that that we're using at a high level and nobody's talking about, so this is before expansion, this is before online leave. Nobody's talking about expansion, nobody's doing anything. And I'm like, maybe I should like start a blog. And my wife's like, no, 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 start a Facebook group. And I'm like, that's stupid, I'm not even on Facebook. And so I started a Facebook group and I called it Lab Code Agents. I sat in a room with my lead coordinator and I said, hey man, this is what I wanna do lead conversion, technology, let's come up with a name. And Jacob Fry's like, what about like a lab 
code. I'm like, that's great, lab code agents. Two hours later, we come up with lab code agents and exploring the science of real estate was all Jacob Fry. And so I create this and I go to realtor.com and I'm like, hey guys, I built this thing. And it's, I mean, I don't have any members yet, but this is what the idea behind it. Can you guys help me? And they said, yeah, we'll help you. We'll, we'll sell it from the sales floor. And their sales floor is in the same building as me, remember? So everybody that, would, that they would connect to and sell top producer to um, realtor.com products would be like, hey, by the way, join Lab Code Agents. And anytime they had me on a webinar, they'd be like, hey, join Lab Code Agents. And so that started the momentum and the growth. And then my, one of my first admins was Steve Passanelli. Uh, Steve is the coolest. Yeah, BombBomb, the CMO for BombBomb. But he was with Realtor.com at the time. Mm -hmm. And we would go and speak together all throughout the nation. And then he got a job at BombBomb. And then he messages me. He goes, hey, man, I I can't help you out with lab cuts anymore. It's getting kind of heavy on my side. But I got this guy. His name is Nick Baldwin. And I I think you guys will get along. He seems to know what he's doing. I'm like, okay, hit him up. So we message each other. I'm like, bro, you're an admin, do it. Just do your thing. And he does his thing. I do my thing. We don't talk for six months, wow. right? We're just seeing each other do our thing. And we seem to connect in the in a similar fashion in lab codes. And then I reach out to him. I'm like, dude, this is pretty cool. We're doing a good job. You've helped out a lot. Uh, why, why don't we do something else with this? He's like, well, have you ever thought about monetizing it? I'm like, no, when I created it, the idea wasn't to monetize it, but what ideas do you have, right? And that's where that conversation started growing from there. I love the idea of lab code agents because there really is, for a lot of agents that don't have the crazy amounts of support that some brokerages offer, that is the only resource they might have. And for them to be able to go there and ask those questions and not be chastised, which is what you get on a lot of other groups, um, and have genuine, real conversations with people that are there. You could be talking to somebody like you or, you know, the crazy, awesome, like, producer in Washington, D.C. That's your competition and your exact market. And they're willing to help you. And nowhere else in the world is that normal, except for in that group. And that group has been huge. Like, Lindsay and I both came from the new home world um, into regular resale and normal real estate. and that was one of the huge resources that I used to learn how, how I was going to progress in that side of the business world. And I didn't have anything else. And so your page helped me grow my business without you even knowing it. And I think it's awesome that you, with a history degree, didn't want to be a teacher, but inadvertently you are a teacher <laughs> and you are coaching people that you have never met which is awesome. So thank you for having that resource for us as realtors. And that's also a massive testimony to what social media can do. You know, you can have an idea for a Facebook page that nobody else has ever had. And overnight, it can become a huge, massive success. So I push a a lot of Facebook. I teach a ton on, you know, how to grow a group and what kind of groups to grow. Um, And so I think a lot of realtors just don't do that or don't know what to do. And you're a testimony to the fact that all you have to do is have an idea and just do it. And there's probably somebody else that's been wanting that resource more than you could ever know. And now you're going to be crazy busy because of it and grow a huge business off of it. I mean, so thank you for having that. Great point, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Good addition. 
So you started, was it 2016 that you started? I started, I started the community October 2nd, 2014. Okay, 14. And so here we are in 2021 and how many members are in that group now? We've got 100 and almost 135,000, but just in the Facebook group, that's not including, we, we have a, a 250,000 in our newsletter, right? And we've got also a little bit of Instagram, some YouTube, but we also have this other community for Keller Williams. That's mm -hmm. about 40,000 that we started of. That's a command your conversion. So look, we, we've got a whole bunch of communities all together. We've got, I don't know, probably over 500,000 unique uh, individuals when you add them all up. And isn't Lab Coats like one of the biggest Facebook groups in existence? There's some big well, number that you guys have. It is for, it is for businesses, but there, there are a few other ones. I think when you look at the behind the scenes, that's where we win because the engagement is so high, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've almost got like 700,000 comments, posts, and likes every 28 days. And, and that's what keeps us busy because we're like, you know, I can't keep up at all. So I have to kind of pick and choose when I engage and who I engage with. Uh, yeah. but, but it becomes a challenge. This is why we have about 70 moderators to help out, right? And then we have a staff of like now 11 because we're, we're now a multi-million dollar company, right? Which is pretty cool to come from a, a, a group, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. So I guess Angela brought up a super good point. Um, speak to the agent who doesn't get social media, doesn't get the power in it, um, and doesn't get like what the point of creating a group for their business might be. Well, I, I think we we have to start with the fact that the the world right now turns around social media, right? You look at let's look at the top most visited websites in the world. Number one is still Google, right? But that's not really a website; it's a, it's a search engine. Then you have number two, which is YouTube, and then you have number three, which is Facebook, right? And then you go down the lines and you're like, wait, Instagram's there too? And Twitter? All in the top 10? That's insane, right? And that tells you the world that we're in. Right now, I mean, number nine and number 10 are rounded up by porn sites, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> that's and a different realtor type. I mean, you know, how are we going to get your who business? Knows? Who knows? Ads on there could work, right? But <laughs> we've got... In the top 10, we've got mostly social media. And that's that's really where we engage. And then you look at recent stats that come out from Facebook and other research companies. And it shows that most people gravitate to groups inside of, of Facebook. You got 1.8 billion people inside of groups. Mm -hmm. And this is where they can connect with others that either see things similarly or connect through a product or ideas, right? And it allows people to express themselves and create friendships, especially during a time during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. That you saw you saw groups skyrocket through the roof. And so you look at it that way and you're like, well, why wouldn't you be on social media? I think the challenge when it comes to social and salespeople in general is that they don't know what to post, right? 
And when you don't know what to post, that goes through a process in your mind. Well, if I don't know what to post today, I won't know what to post tomorrow. There's no consistency, right? And that becomes a challenge. So what I tell people is try to simplify it. I've come up with an acronym. It was for my team. And then I was like, hey, wait a second. This works for everybody. It's STAY, S-T-A-Y. So it's a two-part two concept. There's STAY and then there's L-C-M. And I'll take you through it. STAY is... S stands for sell with a story, right? This is specifically for people that own businesses and are in sales world. For us, we're in real estate. We have a house for sale. We have a buyer that we're representing. Well, if it's a house for sale, find a feature that tells a story or explain how the sellers bought their home in the first place, the one that you're selling. So sell with a story is number one. Number two is T, S-T, and T is teach. We all can teach something when it comes to real estate, even if we're brand new, right? And if we're veterans, even better because we've done so many inspections, we've gone through appraisals, we've gone through loans, we've gone through, we've done everything. So break it down for people that don't know this world. Tell me the top three things you're looking for when you're at a home inspection as an agent for buyers, right? Teach, teach me. Then the next one is here's where most people should thrive but they usually gravitate to S and T because it's a little more comfortable, but A is for advice. And this comes to your hobby. So for me, you see my background, I know it's a podcast, but I've got a baby Yoda right there. And then I've got a uh, stormtrooper helmet, Chewbacca, and then Spider-Man up there. I love this stuff and I love technology, right? So that's the advice that I give. That's how I bring you into my world. And you look at my social media, you look at my TikToks that have gone viral, you look at YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, everything that's gone viral where I've got a million or more views is on the tech that I share or me ordering this Baby Yoda portrait from TikTok, from a TikTok artist, right? That blew up too. That's how I bring in people into my world. And it's the reverse usually when it comes to the real estate or sales world. People think, well, I have to tell people what I'm doing for a living. I'm like, no, no, no. You, you bring in people to your world by sharing what you're great at, what you love. And then you pepper in your world of business, right? That's the advice. Then it ends with why, which is you. You talk about you. You talk about your dog. You talk about your family. You talk about you talk about whatever it is that has to do with you, what you're doing on a daily basis. I posted that I was eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich over the weekend because I, I love peanut butter and jelly. And I was like, I just posted it half eaten. And I started getting a whole bunch of comments on how I should maybe try it toasted with butter on top. And have I tried raspberry jelly? And I'm like, that's me. That's what I'm doing. And I think we don't do the latter two parts enough advice and you, S-T-A-Y. Uh, we, we always push the other things, but as we grow our audiences with things that people can relate with, that allows us to talk about our business. And then that's, that's creating the content, S-T-A-Y, right? Then you go to the engagement part. People are like, well, Tristan, damn, you get a lot of engagement on, on a lot of stuff you do. I'm like, but it takes a lot of work because my LCM part is like comment message. If I'm going through Facebook or Instagram or wherever, I'm going through and I'm like, okay, uh, oh, look, 
Lindsay popped up. All right, Lindsay, let's like it, right? Let's uh, comment, say something about, well, there's a, there's a big storm coming, right? Oh, that sucks, I'm so sorry. And then I comment, after comment, I message you. And I'm like, hey, that's, that's what a lot of people are missing. I message you and I say something along the lines of whatever it is that had to do with that specific post that I saw. And I do this 20 times in a day. And then you multiply that by 30 and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I see what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? So now you have the content and you have the engagement, you bring that all together. And that's how you start blowing up on social media. Brilliant. I love that. Um, so to talk about the flip side of it a little bit. So I feel like one of the things that agents get real weird about is, so like I've always called it girlfriends at lunch. If you're on social media, you should be talking as if you're with your girlfriends at a lunch table having a cocktail you're not gonna sit at a table with your friends and go, do you wanna buy, sell, or invest in real estate? Like, it's just not, it's not gonna happen, right? You're gonna talk about yourself. You're gonna talk about them. There's gonna be lots of authenticity. So like, I echo what you're saying exactly. Um, but I feel like some of the places that I see agents get stuck and never do it or freak out or keep their pages private is um, actually, it's the why, it's the you, right? Because they're worried about, I'm not exciting. I don't have anything to say. What if people chastise me? You know, like, um, in fact, it's interesting. So the four of us have always had big social media profiles and this podcast has just made us more visible. And I'm actually going through a situation right now where I got a commission complaint because of what I'm posting on Facebook because of somebody who's angry in the way that we're marketing our podcast. So like, there's a lot of hate out there, right? So, and with you guys with lab coats, like it's a sport for agents to come in and troll posts. There are whole spinoff groups that are like, hey, we've been kicked out of lab coats. Like it's like a whole thing. So how do you balance the fact that you need to stay authentic and put yourself out there with the fact that like, there are people that are gonna hate on you very badly? It's a good question. I think it was, it was tough to see that at the beginning, but if I rewind back to October, 2016, where that blog was, was sent out through Inman that had over a million views, which was great. At it wasn't great at the time, trust me, it was pretty bad. Uh, but a blog about the Lab Code Agents founders talking about how, how we were disparaging women and talking violently about them, which in fact it wasn't. It was the person that was sitting next to us that was having a conversation, but it wasn't even as bad as it was. Um, obviously there were investigations that were done and we were cleared. So uh, I'm in a leadership position now with, with Keller and other positions as well. But the fact was that, that um, we, we have and we continue to have and had uh, targets on our back because some people can't really, and this goes to everybody out there when you put yourself on social media. Some people just can't, can't understand how you came out of nowhere with almost no experience, right? Yeah. To, to then go and lead a group of people 
to think differently. And some people, because they can't handle it, they, they make up stuff. And some people, because they can't handle it, they have their biases blind them to what really happens, right? And look, we're all guilty of biases, right? Negative bias, um, confirmation bias, every, every type of bias. There's like over 50 biases out there. And it's a psychological problem that we all have, but we all deal with it differently. And in this case, that, what happened to us then, I mean, I, I took it full on. I kicked everybody out of the Facebook group instantly, right? And I was commenting, I did a live that day. I was like, it, it hurt me and it hurt my family and it definitely hurt Nick and his wife, right? And, and I think from there, it hurt us so badly that everything else after that didn't hurt us because that was so, I mean, a million views on a blog, right? That put us on the radar for real estate. And, and then from there, everything just became easier. Like I personally could deal with people saying, go screw yourself. I hate lab coats. I'm going to start my own group. I'm going to do that. I'm like, awesome. I love it. Do it. And it just, it made me more comfortable with being even more transparent, right? And so now uh, it's something that I've had to deal with because look, the one thing we all share as human beings is our emotions, right? Just we're all dealing with a different type of emotion at a time, right? Some of us deal with it a lot better. Some of us don't, but we're all in the same world together. And so I've been able to use that to help me become a better leader, right? Because I buckled down and I'm, I said, you know, the only power that I had at the time is to be a great example, right? I just have to do a better job so people can see that my actions reflect that in everything that I do. And so I just went deeper with that. And if people don't like me, they can go somewhere else. That's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to learn though. Like that's a, that's a big and that's a big deal, you know, not like, it's funny to me, I'm a high, high, high D. So is Angela, so is everyone that hosts the show with me. Um, I, it, I tend to forget that like the whole world in this industry is not made of high Ds. <laughs> so there are a lot of people out there who aren't. So sharing themselves and like burying their souls in a very authentic way does not come easily for them. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. And I think it's something that we all, we all struggle with at, at, at different parts in our life and in different ways. Like my daughter, my daughter's just getting into social, right? She's 14. And so I'm like, okay, do it. I know you're going to have some challenges psychologically, right? But let's deal with it together. And she's like, well, how do I, how do I deal with somebody saying a negative comment or saying something stupid to me on, on social? So we've had to deal with that. And I know that because she's 14, she hasn't had the same experience as I have where I was blown to pieces, told to die and leave the industry, right? And that is a blessing. I look back and I'm like, damn, would I want something like that for, for, for my daughter? Maybe just so that you can just dive in and just go all in and just say, I'm there. I finally reached the other side of this and this is what it looks like. It's a lot of freedom, right? Yeah. And so I, I go, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm, I'm struggling with that with my daughter. And I'm like, this is how you do it. This is how you deal with it. So I've been dealing with my daughter's mindset since she was little. 
Mm-hmm. She was like three. And I'm like, okay, these are your affirmations, right? This is what you do on a daily basis. This is how you push those negative thoughts away, right? Because, you know, I, I've had to deal with them myself. I didn't want to give her anxiety as I grew older. I didn't want to get her into depression. I, I wanted her to do my part to have her start at a better position in life than where I did. And that in essence is what we try to do with everybody, right? This is why we teach. This is why we do our best to be the best that we can be for those people. So that's how I typically deal with it. Um, but that's just my microcosm. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's an intense uh, place to live if you go out and be vulnerable and be all out, out there in the world. I feel like that level of hate is somewhat isolated, but I do think that everybody deals with trolling and scary things and that stops a lot of agents from being real, right? Very true. Hard. So, um, okay, switching gears. The whole world is exploding right now because we're sitting here in 2021. Zillow has become a brokerage. Everyone has lost their minds. Um, And so knowing that you started with this really strong basis in internet leads, is that still a massive component in your business? Do you intend to keep it that way? What is your feeling for agents and this whole we buy leads from someone who might not be our competitor thing? Yeah, so I think think we, we really need to we need to look to our, our brokerages, the brokers that we're with. And um, it could be Compass, EXP, KW, Berkshire, whoever, Rheology, and now Zillow, right? And Redfin. And we need to look and see, well, what are they doing to, to help us shift into this, into this world that we're in? Because you're looking at now brokerages going public, that's like the new trend. They became a tech company, now they're going public, right? To make more money, that's a trend. And it all started with where Zillow was heading, but you look at where Zillow started, they started as a tech company going in and becoming a broker. And then you see the reverse happening with brokerages. They became a brokerage and now they wanna be a tech company, right? And you still look at the back end. I did a video like two, three days ago where I broke down the back end of these companies. And you look at Zillow's tech stack and their revenue. Number one, half of it, almost half of it comes from real estate agents, which is insane, right? That's crazy. And then the other part is that their tech stack's pretty good. You see where they're going, which is title, mortgage, all the ancillary items. And so when we look at Compass, they're kind of heading the same way. They're about to go public too. So their stock should be pretty good. Uh, And you look at EXP, they're kind of heading in the same way. Keller, similar, right? But then you have the companies that I don't think are moving in that direction fast enough, right? Because everybody in their whole world on as a brokerage can say, we're doing amazing, check us out, right? But how much of that is because they actually shifted versus just because you're in real estate and actually in real estate, you're doing well. Everybody did well if you're in real estate and we're doing something last year. And this year's no, it's probably gonna be the same thing, right? So you're seeing high numbers and you're seeing a lot of things changing in our world. And I'm telling you that story because now 
you're going to start seeing Zillow pick up more companies. Redfin's going to pick up more companies. Compass is going to pick up more companies. EXP, CoStar. Yeah. And what's going to happen is that's going to change the world that we're in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to start seeing, does Zillow gain more of a share in, in real estate? CoStar, do they come in? Do they purchase a realtor.com and now compete with Zillow and now compete with us directly even more? How does that look? So I bring the other brokerages up because I still think it's their responsibility to keep us moving forward. And I do think that Zillow is going to take a bigger chunk and so are other companies of our industry. But I think that's where we start separating who succeeds in our world. And that's going to be the mega teams and the teams, the teams that function like brokerages, because we can move quick enough. Whereas a brokerage, they can't, they just can't move quick enough. This is why we, we uh, out innovate all the brokerages. And you look at the biggest, awesomest teams out there, they all out innovate the brokerages, hands down. Out innovate, we move quicker, right? And we take care of our clients much better, right? And we don't, we don't play any political games because we don't have to, right? If I want to switch my tech, guess what? I'm switching because your stuff doesn't work, right? And so we don't have to play any of these games. And I think that's why we can maneuver in a niche area to beat a Zillow, right? To beat a Redfin, which we have because we're in a niche market. But the moment we start talking about the whole nation, that's where we lose. I don't have the funds to go across even a big city. I don't have the funds to go all through Los Angeles, all through Ventura County. But if you're talking about a specific area, Malibu and all of the beaches, Broad Beach, right? Point Doom, then I can win because Zillow's never gonna do that. They just don't have the funds to go in deep. And that's where we win. That's where we pay attention to Google. What can I do with Google? What can I do with business Google with the reviews, right? What about SEO? What about more social? What about dynamic ads for retargeting through Facebook and Instagram? But all of that, guess what? Your brokerage isn't going to do it. So it's up to you. And that's where we win. That's how we beat Zillow. So you're saying Zillow is going to go wide. Zillow. We should go deep. Yeah, you got it. Zillow's gone wide and so is Redfin. And what they're both doing, if you look at what they're purchasing, they both want to hold the consumer from the very beginning of them thinking anything all the way to closing. And they want everything involved with that transaction, including insurance, mortgages, title, because they're going to cut the commission, but they want to make it up in everything else, right? That's why Redfin bought RentPath for $600 plus million. Mm-hmm. They want the consumer at the very beginning when they're renting. That way they can bombard them with everything that's next. What's next? Mm-hmm. Purchasing, mm-hmm. right? I think more, more than ever right now, if people don't win before the competition starts, if they don't win on the, on the local small niche level, they're not going to win. Um, like you have to start figuring out how you're going to be unique. Your USPs are going to be super important, um, more, more now than they ever have been because Zillow is going to cast such a broad net. 
you're not going to be able to compete. So stop trying. So stop focusing on what they're doing and figuring out how you are going to capitalize on your market and how you're going to stand out and what you're going to do for your clients. It's different because you're not going to be able to compete with them side by side. If you don't do that, you will lose and you will be gone in a year or two years. That's right. And I don't think people understand that. No, not, and they think that they can do something about it. Like let's defund Zillow or what's in it. Or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's too late for NAR to do anything. They Very, can't. No. Very tried. It's too late. Zillow is now represented by NAR just the same way that I am and you are. So yeah. I, it's, oh, it's so frustrating. I mean, none of us, no one likes change. No one likes disruption, right? But um, I think what you just said is, like the most mind-blowingly simple and obvious answer to this, if they're going to go really wide, go deep. So tell, like, what what does that mean? Tell people who don't understand what that means to go deep or hyper-local or whatever term you want to use. Like, how, how does someone right now take a stand against Zillow by going deep in their own business? All right, there, there are a few things. And it all revolves around understanding your, your niche, right? So if I was going to say, okay, if I, if I wasn't doing the things I was doing in my niche area, I'd be like, okay, well, Tristan, you would want to start first places, go to Google and create a, a business page out of Google, right? There's a section for it. Um, you know how you've been doing the reviews on Facebook and uh, all these other Zillow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Zillow. <laughs> Zillow. Uh, do me a favor, go to Google and also... If you can create reviews on your own domain, right? Video testimonials, and but if not, go to Google. That's fine, but you need a, a Google business page, right? And remember, Google is the number one search engine, the number one website in the world. So people type in stuff, and you pop up, right? Based on your reviews, great SEO. Then you want to go deeper and say, well, let's grab a website and hire somebody. This is a team I'm talking to. Hire somebody that goes deep into search engine optimization for that specific website. What would that look like? Well, let's break down the tracks. Let's break down where you live. Let's break down the news locally that Zillow is never going to do because they can't. They would go broke, right? Now you go in and you start spreading it out amongst the team. And you're like, okay, let's see where my team is located. Well, we're in Ventura County, parts of LA County and Malibu. Well, now let's break it down and say, well, where can we go? Should we start with the beaches? For us, the ROI is definitely higher if we go to the beaches, right? So that's where I want to target, right? And so we start creating search engine optimization through what we're putting in to these sites. And then the next thing on top of that, we look at, well, the number one most visited website in the world is Google. So why wouldn't we advertise with Google? Why would we advertise with Zillow? or realtor.com. Why don't we start using Google ads, PPC, pay-per-click on Google, right? And then go hyper-local. This is where you have to understand either you do it or you have a company do it for you. Like Ylopo, we use Ylopo, we use Chime, we use other companies. They run our pay-per-click, right? They, we give them a keyword and then they expand on that keyword and find the different variations of that keyword. So when people type in Malibu homes for sale or Malibu homes for sale around Pepperdine University or Malibu homes around Broad Beach, we pop up, right? And it alternates between us and other people. And so now we say, well, how much do we want to invest in here, 
right? Because ultimately it's us. And now we're a small business operating like Zillow does because Zillow does the same thing. How do you think they got to the top of Facebook? They pay millions of dollars. But remember, they can't do it in your niche. They do it in a wide area. So yeah. now, now you go, okay, good. Let's, let's, uh, let's put maybe 1,000, 2,000 into Google PPC. And now once you start doing that, you start seeing that depending on the area, in my area, it's about $10 a lead for PPC. As they come through, you have to have the systems in place. Right. When I sat down with Spencer Raskoff before he sat before he left Zillow and Richard Barton joined, right? Uh, Spencer and I had lunch, and and he's like, you know, you know what pisses me off about agents? Uh, he goes, um, is that with agents, they're always complaining about the quality of the leads on Zillow, and I'm I'm tired of just giving all the Zillow leads to just your average agent. I want the teams, I want the mega teams, I want the top producers to buy our leads because I know they have the systems. To and convert the them, yeah. Them. Mm -hmm. And he was right. I mean, look where they are now. This was a conversation I had with him a few years back. He was right. And that's exactly what he's doing. Look at Flex, right? With Zillow, it's the same thing. And so we, we take a step back and we're like, well, we're not gonna succeed with, with Facebook leads or with, Google leads, which is where everybody gets their leads from, right? We're not gonna succeed with either of those if we don't have our systems in place. So mm -hmm. take a look at the automation, take a look at the retargeting, right? Now you talk about retargeting and most, most mega teams have a massive database. Mm -hmm. Got a database of 100,000 people. That's my database. If I don't retarget it, it's all gonna, it means nothing. So retarget it and pop up your IDX, pop up the right message so people can re-engage and you can take a look at what they're looking at and bring them back to life. Because you're forgetting that your database, they're gonna purchase again. Right? Everybody in that database is at a different spot in their life or where they're gonna purchase or maybe sell or maybe even lease, I don't know, but it just depends on where they're at. So now you're looking at Google a different way. And then you start adding social media to it, right? And then you add Facebook lead ads, Instagram lead ads, right? And then you add YouTube on top of it. I mean, just with those four, you already dominate the area because those are the top four websites, most visited websites in the world. Yeah. And now you have a plan for it. And you're like, I got this. This is cool, right? But it all requires consistency and it requires some funds and it requires usually a team because I'm not doing this by myself, right? And, and that's where I say, we can move quicker as a mega team. We can move quicker as a team, mm -hmm. right? And we can move the way we wanna move because we're a team, we have the funds. And that's why teams and mega teams, especially mega teams, are the future of our industry for where we're heading. Do you think that this is really the death of real estate that, as we know it? The way no, I think everyone it's, is talking about. No, I think it's an evolution. Um, it's finally gonna hit us and it's an evolution. You know, I was talking to Facebook this morning on a, on a webinar we brought them in on. Hmm. And I was talking about towards the end of it, Zillow, and I was, mentioning that they had the foresight to 
to meet the consumer where they were at and give them exactly what they wanted. And how Facebook is now shifting because Apple and Google now want more transparency and they don't want to allow Facebook to target in the same way, right? To, and that's a big challenge for Facebook because look, if you look at me, I, I'm in the middle because I kind of like the ads that pop up because they're targeting me, they know me. Mm-hmm. I, I love notebooks. And so I'm like, oh, you know, I'll get another notebook, right? <laughs> and stuff like that. And if I remove that, then I don't even know how the ads are gonna know what I like. It'll be more randomized, right? So I, I'm in the middle. I definitely don't like to be tracked, but I also want ads that pertain to me, right? And so Facebook's not like, this sucks. No matter what they do, Apple's going to move forward with with their whole new world. And so is Google now, they announced. So now that leaves Facebook in a place where they they have to abide by these rules if they're going to be in the app. But if we look at the world we're moving into, if you look at what Mark Zuckerberg is saying, he's like, well... My passion, he says, his passion, I'm all into augmented reality and virtual reality, right? I anticipate a world where we can pop in to talk to whoever we're gonna talk to in this virtual world that I'm going to create, whether it's with an Oculus or whatever he comes up with, right? It's like Ready Player One. Yeah, we, we talk about that and then we're like, well, where does that put the real estate agent in that world? because Zillow's not in that, nobody's in that world yet. But if we're paying attention, if NAR is paying attention, right, or some company like a Zillow, like a CoStar that has a ton of money, why not recreate Zillow in a 3D virtual world where you have Matterport go through a deeper sense of Matterport. And now, Lindsay, you're my agent. I'm gonna meet you at the property that's for sale in the virtual world to go deep into it. But you know what? If we're not careful, who's going to own that world besides Facebook? It's going to be Zillow. It's going to be Redfin. It's going to be whoever. So the playing field is changing. And I don't even know that Zillow is paying attention completely to that world. I don't know who is. But we have another opportunity as it evolves, as an agent, as, a, as, a, as an industry. And I don't know where that's going to place us then. Because if you're talking to me as a consumer, I would so rather put on a, a VR helmet and meet you at the property. If, if I'm going to be able to see it and feel like I'm in it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, right. It's cool. I like it. Let's take a look at side. Oh, that's cool. I don't want to have to travel to seven different properties and then lose them all in a market like this when I could do the same thing in a VR world. Right? So as our world catches up, Uh, mentally, right, psychologically, and starts adjusting to this is how it's going to be. I think then the opportunity arises. Will the companies be able to catch on quick enough? And will the technology be able to be cheap enough? Eventually it will, right? To merge both worlds. And I don't know how far we are away, probably 10, 15 years, who knows? But there's another evolution coming. And right now we're just seeing the beginning of it. I agree. I feel like with the advent of Zillow and what they're doing with real estate, it gives us all a huge opportunity that if we looked harder, we would see it. And it's pretty glaringly obvious. Behind every Zillow sign in a front yard, in my opinion, is an agent that did not do their job. 
And if I can track it back to who that agent is, now I can see a pattern of somebody that's not following up with their clients and I can capitalize on that as an agent. Yeah. Why isn't anyone looking at it that way? What's holding people back from actually thinking about something different and changing their mindset? Yeah. Why do people just want to complain? That's what I, you know, I don't understand it. I mean, the amount of time you're spending worrying about that, you could have been out getting 10 more listings, but you chose not to. That's true. That's very true. And tech, tech is meeting the consumer where they want to be. That's the thing. Yeah. All right. And that's, that's, I think that's the job of the brokerage because we're paying them something, aren't we? They should be leading the way, but in some we're cases, paying them. we're paying them a lot. Like to be broken with every brokerage I, I talk to. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. I don't know really what they're doing. They're not catching up enough, like fast enough. Yeah. That's, that's a problem. But they're so, these brokerages are so big. That's why, right? So, I think. I think they need to really bring in the mega teams and the teams and, and just sit down with them and be like, what are we doing? Well, great. Let's copy you in a massive scale or help out yep. that way. But yeah, I love where the conversation went, by the way. That was kind of know. I know. I like that too. Uh, uh, excuse me while I log off and go buy VR headsets for all my people <laughs> to watch Matterport on my listings. Like I was like, Ooh, <laughs> that's exciting. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's good. I do think my personal opinion is, um, what will get compressed the most because of what's happening right now is the buyer's agents. Um, yeah. I think that what Zillow will succeed at tremendously and very quickly will be taking over that part of the business because, you know, and I hate to say it this way, but um, buyers, especially first time home buyers, are less likely to be as savvy. They don't have as close of a relationship with an agent as uh sellers would they're easier to get to so i think zillow will go after that sector of the business and i think people who operate solely as buyers agents are going to be in trouble faster for sure yeah i agree i agree and look when the market shifts it's also going to catch all those tech companies with their pants down mm -hmm. that that really were putting all their eggs in one basket i don't know who those are yet because right now the real estate market is crazy and people are still going to be acquiring other companies merging we'll see what happens end of the year beginning of next year right yeah i i really it's like bouncing around in my brain what you're saying about go deep so that's going to be what i'm focusing on right now because that is the best most logical simple advice that i've heard to combat this thing so far, so I hope everyone hears that. That is fabulous. Um, I want to ask a, a different kind of question. So, how does how do you balance? Because we're women, so we always talk about the emotional component to being entrepreneurs, right? So, um, how do you balance being married, having children, running multiple businesses, keeping everyone happy? How does your family deal with? how big all of this is and what kind of boundaries do you have to have in place to protect them? That's a really good question. Uh, so my family watched kind of the, the progression of lab codes, right? And everything else we've done, they've watched that progression. I've been married for 24 years. So married first year in college and my family's like, what the hell? And I was like, yeah, 
but we're still married. So, right. And it's, it's, a, it's been a great progression just on the relationship side, but keeping the balance with the kids and my wife, I think the key to it has been the communication, just being bringing them into my world as much as I can by letting them know what's happening, who I'm talking to, high level, right? And then having walks with my wife, you know, she, honestly, she's become my, she, she's kind of like, I look up to my wife and I respect her a lot. And the advice that she gives me is insanely great. I mean, if it wasn't for her, lab coats wouldn't be lab coats, first of all, (laughs) right? And now that we negotiate with these big companies and have opportunities to invest in startups, I I go to her and I'm like, what do you think of this? What am I missing? So she's become like my core advisor. And I think if I can learn anything to share with, with you is that don't wait for your partner, spouse, to meet you where you hope them to be. Be that person that takes the initiative to be the person they want you to be. And I think when I realized that everything fell on me, that I was waiting for her to meet me here, or why didn't she do this, or why didn't she do that, the whole world changed for me. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's it's my fault. I'm going to own up to it. I don't even care anything else anybody else brings up. It's my fault. And I'm going to live my life that way. I'm going to own everything on my end. And that was, um, that was a big change in our relationship in our life. So that's why I'm still married. (laughs) It's 24 years. Good advice. Yeah. The other thing is that somebody, my early broker mentioned to me when I was with Century 21, back in, I think it was 07, he said, hey, look, I've made some mistakes in my life. And um, wherever you go, this is before lab coats or anything. He's like, wherever you go, wherever you travel events, just take your wife with you. And I always remembered that. So that's why when realtor.com said, we'll fly you to San Francisco, NAR, first event I've ever been to for real estate. I'm like, can you fly my family? And that, when they said yes, that stuck to it. I've only flown without my wife and kids together two times to an event. And the schools hate me, but my life as a family life is insanely amazing because I keep everyone together and we experience everything together. Isn't that part of like the blessing of doing what we do we have the freedom to do those things like that's a huge thing talk about teaching your daughter right like that's a huge thing you're teaching your daughter too that there are other ways to live life except for just the little box that they might teach you at school right so true that's a very good point I always tell people when they ask me about relationships and balance I say um what opportunities are you creating to connect with your family I think when you look at it that way, you start seeing that maybe I'm not creating enough opportunities to connect, right? And so- Yeah, that that event culture that you were just talking about is gnarly. Yeah, look, I get to to witness it firsthand because we run events, we're at the middle of events, 
we get to see how people go to events to do things that are like, what the fuck are you doing at this event? I've had, I mean, literally, like I've severed relationships with people that were like in my core sphere of uh, business people that I work with uh, and because of the way that I've seen them behave at events. And I'm like, no, this is completely inappropriate. It's gross. Yeah. And nobody talks about that side of it. I'm surprised Inman hasn't picked it up because they love, it's like the natural inquirer of news. Yeah, it's totally, it's, it's just, I mean, like the things that I've seen at some of those events, I'm like, oh my God, it's like, it, it's like a frat house with Gary Keller talking on the stage. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that I think is where I think people have to take responsibility, right. And say, Hey, look, if I'm really trying to create a better atmosphere for my family, if I'm trying to be a better family person, husband or wife, it doesn't matter. What am I doing? What am I doing to, to be that example? Right. What am I doing to own up to it? Because at the end of the day, if shit doesn't work, it's your fault. Yeah. In business and in life, if you don't run your business, well, uh, you're probably not running your life well in the first place. So you have no idea what the fuck's happening. So I'm no, glad I'm first here, by the way. It makes me feel much more comfortable. Yay, no. And there's a huge, I haven't said the F word once today. It's a fucking miracle. There we go. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's a spillover though, too, because this business can destroy your life also, if you're not careful with it. Um you know, all four of us have had experiences with that kind of thing. Like, I mean, there is this, this culture for some reason, and I do feel like it's starting to change because we're talking to a lot of big agents that are saying things like you're saying, which is it's important to be successful, but there's also things in life that are important besides just being at the top of the list. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, it can, like, there's something that sucks you in and, you know, I have to do more numbers and more production and more units and more GCI and it can turn into a monster. It's almost like an addiction that will completely wreck your life if you're not careful with it. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's part of us coming into this world. Not Most of us don't come into this world from a business world. So we don't have that structure, so we don't understand. But most of us are D's and I's, right? So we do have the emotion that's attached to the, to the growth. And then we attach that uh, habit to, to that. And then it, it, it goes and becomes something completely different. But I think uh, it was, um, so Grant Cardone and I were on stage in DC and he said something to me in the back a room. He goes, hey man, hey man, with his raspy voice. Oh, yeah, I love that. Um, he goes, you know, it, it, it really is how you run your family. Cause we were talking about family. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, he goes, the way you run your family, you know, that whole structure, right? That's going to say a lot about how you run your business. He's like, when I want to work with somebody, I look, I look to them and I'd be like, how are they running their family? And I never looked at it that way. Like my, my family is like, I'm running a business. How are you doing with that business of your family? Do you have your finances right? Right? Are you talking to the people in charge, your, your spouse consistently? Well, how's that communication going? Right? How are your employees, your children, if you've got children? How is that going? How's the household doing? A part of the family is yourself. How's your, how's your physical, how's your mind, emotional? How much time are you investing 
in yourself and your family. Right? That's the business we should be talking about. So he put that in perspective for me. And I know a lot of people don't like Grant. I'm in the middle. He's pretty, he comes across super heavy. So he's a good guy though. I like him. He's, I would kill to meet Grant Cardone. I love him. So what's next for Labcoat agents? Labcoats is, uh, we're now going to, we're in the middle of creating an app. So we're going to be on Android, iPhone, nice. and, and the iPad. And the, the whole purpose behind that is to, to create a better atmosphere for those that want it. Because it, if you notice one thing in the community is that everything gets pushed down really quick. Mm -hmm. And so we want to create a better environment for those that, that want it inside of our own app. And that's what's next. We're looking at June as the launch date. That is super exciting. You yeah. guys are, you've taken it to the next level in a whole other kind of way. We're trying. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was Thanks so exciting. This that was, was very fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we love you. We love lab coats. You have the best hair in the whole world. Thanks. <laughs> I um I always saw pictures of you, and then I actually I I waved at you and Nick once at a family reunion, and I turned to the person I was walking with, and I was like, "Holy shit, his hair really is that good in real life." <laughs> so you have the best hair in the real estate business. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. And we love everything that you do for realtors to uh, educate, teach, and help everybody. It's a pretty special place. Thanks for having me. You, you're doing the exact same thing here and taking it up a notch. So great job to you. Thank you, Tristan. We love you. We'll see you soon. Bye. We hope you loved our show today. If you enjoyed it, do the homegirls a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. Share this episode with all of your homegirls and friends and find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at homegirlsco.